There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. If you're looking for motivation, you've got to listen to this episode with Tom Gosney. You're going to ask who the hell's Tom Gosney. He's an English-born kid growing up with a trajectory which was far, far away from the path of a normal entrepreneur. The guy was told he wouldn't amount to anything, so it's not surprising that he became addicted to drugs and alcohol. Thankfully, he got himself in a rehab. This led him to create the world's first portable pizza oven. And I've got to tell you, it looks super sleek. And in fact, I got one. Gosney ovens are loved by big names like Richard Branson, co-founder of Instagram, Mikey Krieger, and top chefs like Matty Matheson. And by the way, yours truly too. Tom's story isn't one that you could easily have predicted. So Tom and I discuss how to truly make a thoughtful product, how to engineer the process of modernizing and scaling a traditional product into something that is really cool, but at the same time, really scalable. So let's get into it. Tom Gosney, welcome to The Mentor. Lovely to be here, man. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but I, yeah. I got quite excited because I've had a Gosney well, I've had your rock box for about five years. Have you really? Yeah. So and you're I, like an OG, man. Yeah, well, I've got the yeah the, uh, the pizza one, which yeah, is yeah, the rock yeah. box. Then uh, I dropped it and I broke it. And <laughs> then so I bought a new one yeah. during uh, COVID. And now I've actually bought your uh, dome one. Oh, have you? So you're a fan, man. You've so got the full I haven't used a dome one, though. I, oh, haven't I, you? No, because I, I sent it up to my farm. It's at my farm. So it's still in the box, uh, ready, ready to be... Um, unopened and I've actually got one of your rock boxes at my farm as well because I love cooking pizza so I would use your so I use your rock box there's like you know some not trying to blow smoke up your ass but <laughs> I use your rock box just do it every week yeah. to cook pizzas once a week but I use it in the summer or in the in the better months I use it to cook fish I use it to cook steak yeah I, I cook I cook anything in it and yeah. if I'm cooking the meat I'll cook it in there, no problem. Yeah, I, I just love it. Well, thank you for being and, a, and a fan a, of the brand. And it's, I love the color. I got a green one, and uh, like a like a limey green type color. I don't know what the uh, the new one was, uh, the new dome thing is, but it looks pretty cool. I, I saw it on a plane. I think I might have saw it in a Qantas magazine, a Virgin magazine, or something like that. It was a, an article about it, or a, yeah. and that's how I heard about you in the beginning. Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw it in a magazine, and I thought, fuck that, I'll buy that thing. I tore it out of the magazine. And I come back to work and I said to my um, assistant, I said, get me one of these. And, uh, you need to get the dome out of the box, man. It's sick. It's like it's the new evolution of our products. It was, It's the sort of perfect expression 
from me as a designer, you know, I've spent so many years designing professional ovens and then building ovens that are convenient for the consumer and home space. Like the dome is the perfect expression of the best oven that I could have possibly designed. It's a cooks from the top. Yeah, that's right. So it's got like a rolling flame. It's interchangeable fuel type. So you can yep. use wood, charcoal or gas. I'd rather it. use gas. The other one, for me, the other uh, fucking brain damage is too much. Yeah, well, do you know what? If you want to get out in the garden and you just want convenience and the oven will just like work like a professional little oven, you don't need to think about it. Turn the gas on. It's got like a rolling yellow flame that goes over the top. So that goes over the inside. Goes the over top. the, yeah. So any wood-fired oven that truly is authentic will have like a rolling flame yep. and that allows the pizza to cook from the top down. Yeah. Yep. as well as the bottom-ups. The stone the stone retains heat, yep. and then it bakes the pizza from the underside as well as the flame like charring it from the top. So you get a 60-second a bake. But that's also insane for, as you said, like fish. You can like blister the skin of fish, and it's like perfectly cooked without drying it out with like crispy skin, amazing for crackling and pork and steaks. And so you can have loads of fun with them, man. I don't want to say this too loudly, but uh, my office in the city, as opposed to this office, is uh, very close to Rockpool. In fact, it's the right same building, Neil Perry's Rockpool. My financial services business who lends money to people buy properties um, has happened to lend some money to some of the chefs in there. Yeah. So we know who they are. And uh, they told me that they actually cook their fish in there in the same way. It's like, you yeah. know, it's an old, it's like a furnace. Yeah. In other words, it cooks from the top. Yeah. And you put it in the pan and it literally cooks because it cooks from the bottom and the top. Yeah. It cooks so fast. Yeah, like two, three minutes for yeah, a fillet of fish. Totally. And then it's like perfectly moist inside. 100%. Crispy on the outside. And you can't actually replicate it with many other ways of cooking, you know. And so it's it's pretty special. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty serious about the quality of what I cook. Yeah. So I want to know how the hell you work this shit out. I mean, <laughs> what's your story? Where, where'd, you, where'd you come up with this idea? So, you know, when I was younger, I, I didn't really flourish in education. I didn't, I didn't do well in school. I was dyslexic and... Back when I was in school 30 odd years ago, they didn't, they weren't really set up for people that learn in the way that I learn, like I'm a practical learner. So I, I, I didn't necessarily feel great about being the kid that didn't really understand how to learn in the classroom, right? I had like low self-esteem, didn't enjoy school. So I think the knock on impact of that was acting out, becoming naughty, mischievous, because I was a little bit lost as a younger kid. And so that escalated in my life. And because of that, I got thrown out of all my schools. I got expelled from every school that I went to. So I don't actually have like a formal education or training. And then my life took a, my life took a sort of bit of a darker path for for a period. I I went through my teenage years and got heavily involved in drugs and alcohol, um, which which was my journey for for maybe seven or eight years. You know, sort of entrenched in the dark place of drugs and drink. And then at the age of 20, I decided that I'd make a change and that there was more to my life. And I, I had like more potential to do something positive rather than just end up going down the path that I was going. How did you decide that? Do you know what, man? It got really bad. I'm sort of like minimising my addiction to some extent with the way I opened up about it. But my addiction went from being sort of debaucherous and fun in my early teenage years. I was just partying, right, with all my other mates. And, and I, you know, because I had low self-esteem from school, I never really found what I was good at. I think, like, I adopted this persona of becoming the guy that could do the most drugs, that could drink the most. You know that? The maddest. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. The maddest. Ma- in England? In- yeah, yeah, in England. Yeah. It was like, I was like the maddest geezer. I could, you know, do the most drugs, drink the most alcohol and like that was my persona you know I was like a fucking wreckhead and that was like I found comfort in that persona because it gave me an identity and like the more wild I could be the more attention I would get and I think truly internally man 
like craving love and craving to feel part of something, feel special and to have self-esteem, which I didn't have. You create your own story. Yeah, you do. And I created my own persona. And I think if you strip away all the bullshit, you strip away all the drugs and drink and all that stuff and you leave me as a sober guy, like I was broken, man. I was a like, broken human. But this sort of fake bravado of building this like identity as a drug addict, alcoholic, crazy geezer, no one should fuck with, all of that stuff. It was like, it, it gave me comfort, you know? And I suppose I got to the age of 18 and I got in trouble. I, I was constantly getting in trouble um, as, as a kid. Nothing overly serious, but, you know, and then I got in trouble with the police and for, for specific events that happened one evening and it sort of scared me. It was the first time that I was in serious trouble, and like jail. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I was, up. yeah, I was like, I didn't hurt anybody, yeah. but you know, like my actions would could have potentially led to me to me, yeah. you know, going into prison, and um, and it scared me for the first time in my life. I was like, shit, man. Like this, this like using like the, the outcome of this isn't going to be good for me, right? And and actually internally, like all this fake bravado of being this fucking hard man and this drug drug fueled guy, you strip the drugs and drink away. And I'm like a softie, right? I'm like scared of confrontation, shit scared of going to prison, man, and being in a big boy's prison. I'm like petrified me. It was like, and so that like shook me. And I was like, oh well, they've been in a prison with a big boy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's well, even more yeah, fucking scary. I mean, yeah, like all of that, yeah, all, yeah. all of the ingredients of that was like, yeah, was was like an eye opener for me and so at the age of sort of 18 when I went through that journey of of having the fear of that it was like right I need to change the way that I'm conducting myself and so I like proactively tried to stop doing the things that I was doing didn't really vocalize it hugely with my friendship group but just started to change my behaviors and I think one of the things that I realized was like I tried to slow down my drinking and my drug taking and actually like the action of trying to slow it down made it get worse. It was like, you know, trying to stop and saying that like, I'm not going to do it today. It was just like you, I would then go harder. You know, I would be like, oh, fuck it. I'm going in. Or, you know, you have one drink and it escalates. And then because you can't control it, my behavior just went even more wild. And so I then spent probably two years of it being this like cycle of being completely out of control, like tr truly lost the choice of like how I used drugs and alcohol. And I was trying to control it and it just got worse and worse. And then one evening I was out in a local town and... <clears throat> Which part of London, UK are we talking about? So this is this is like an hour and a half south of London. It's right. like a town called Bournemouth. It's like a coastal town. It's similar to Manly. It's like yeah, the UK yeah. version of Manly. And... Um, and I got jumped by a group of lads one evening. I was on my own. I was like walking home and like six or seven guys jumped me and just kicked the shit out of me. Like kicked all my teeth out my mouth. They cracked my skull. It was like they did a proper number on me. And at the time, obviously, that was unfortunate. It was like wrong place, wrong time. But actually like looking back at the series of events and how that changed the direction of my life, it was sort of like right place, right time for me. Drug taking and drinking was leading to me becoming very unwell from a health perspective. Like my liver was was broken broken and you know I, I'd been told num numerous times that I'd had to change the way that I was living otherwise it wasn't going to end well for me relatively soon and so getting jumped that evening by these group of guys it was just it traumatized me it triggered like they put my teeth back in my mouth I picked my four teeth up off the off the pavement when I'd got beaten up put them in my pocket went to hospital they put them back in my mouth because they said that they could reattach if you get them back in quickly enough and it just basically led to, I had teeth like stuck on my nerve endings in my mouth. I couldn't drink, I couldn't eat, you know, like very easily. So 
it just sent this like sort of two to three month spiral of just just self-destructive, like highly traumatized, broken, couldn't control my addiction. And then I had this event happen to me. And so I was just drinking sort of incredible amounts of alcohol and taking drugs. And it just quite quickly got to a point where I was like, this is my rock bottom, put my hands in the air. And I was like, I'm done. I'm checking out here. And I, you know, my my mum and dad were always so incredibly supportive. And I think mum had sort of been sat in the wings waiting for me to wave the white flag and say, like, I'm, I'm checking out. And um, as soon as I rang her, and said, you know, I, I want to get some help. Within, I think, my, within like a month of me putting my hand in the air, I was in South Africa in rehab. You know, right. mum and I sort of searched for different rehabilitation centres. I wanted to get out of England. I wanted to get away from the social group that That's I was... That's good. You're going to get away from the people hanging out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally getting away from getting away from them and removing the ability for me to say, look, this is fucking hard. I'm just going to escape or I'm going to get my powers to pick me up and I'm going to dive back into my old life because it's easier than facing into this stuff. So sort of said to mum, like, I need my passport taken off me. I need to face into this stuff. I need to go in and do it properly. And so I spent just shy, just shy of a year in treatment in South Africa, um, which wow. was which was incredibly challenging um, and amazing, all wrapped up into one. You know, like I had a series of events that took place in treatment in South Africa that were just absolutely monumentally life changing for me. You know, I hold. A select few people very dear to my heart that helped, you know, help me understand the severity of my addiction and like really where my life was and how I could rebuild my life to do something positive. And so that was just like a huge turning point. Then how did you decide you wanted to build a, a Gosney or, a, yeah. or a, a rock box? Yeah. So it's, you know, like going into treatment and being within four walls in South Africa, it was almost like whilst it was difficult, it was almost like the easy part of getting, of recovery, right? It was like I was in a controlled environment. There was no access to alcohol or drugs, um, you know, and then coming back to the UK, there was this, this journey of vulnerability that I went through. I was like back on UK soil in my old stomping ground, like the wider friendship group that I have, we're all like warming up to going out and partying and doing drugs and drinking. So I was 21, fresh out of rehab, retired from a life of addiction. And like the wider friendship group were just were just starting to get, you know, they were just getting started. And so it's just like high level of vulnerability around like how to socially reintegrate, you know, I would say like 90% of my life, or maybe even more than that, 90% of my persona in my life was Tom the drug addict and the alcoholic. And it was like, who the fuck am I, man? I've left rehab. I don't know like what I'm good at. Like my only persona was being the best fuckhead in town. You know, it's like, how do I rebuild a life that is, you know, that, that, that has merit to support my recovery and gives me identity and a persona and, a, and, a, and something to live by? And like, who the fuck am I? And so that was like a really challenging time, like the first year of coming out of treatment. And what I just naturally got drawn to was like cooking and food. Yeah, food. Like, you know, the the art of making food was fascinating to me. You know, it was like highly creative. It was visceral. It, it built community. You know, I could feed my friends. I could hone my skills. I found... um you know, like getting lost in the ritual of preparation, you know, like deciding what I'm going to cook. and then It's really meditative. It's med- Yeah, it's so meditative, right? And, and, and I really felt that. And it was like when I would turn on music in the kitchen and start prepping food, like the, the challenges or the thought, it's like going fishing or going skiing or surfing. It's like you just lose the outside world, right? And that's what I found. I found this like 
it, it was just this 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 sort of ritual of this process that gave me a hug mentally and it just like got me away from the challenges of life and it was a series of events that happened really really quickly that led me to a pizza oven so i was cooking for my friends and my loved ones and that was my way of socially reintegrating but i was so fiercely determined not to tell them to not drink around me because i didn't want to be socially isolated as this guy that no one could be around and like act normally therefore like you know driving a wedge between me and any sort of social dynamic so whilst i was like saying yeah bring beers it's fine actually inside it was crushing me right i was super vulnerable it was really difficult and i made pizzas one night for my friends um and my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, Laura, and we like opened our own dough. I made the dough. We opened our own dough. We topped our pizzas. We cooked it in the conventional oven in the kitchen. And just the process of making together was was incredible anyway. And then we cooked them in the oven and they were just a bit soggy. They weren't yeah. cooked that well. And, and I said to Laura, we were broke at the time, man. I said to Laura, I want to build a pizza oven in the garden. And I went online and looked at them and they were like, three four thousand pounds fucking expensive man that. so expensive man they were imported from italy they were these giant kits and i was like i'm gonna fucking build my own man i'm just gonna build my own and i convinced laura that i could do it for a couple of hundred pounds which was bullshit you know i was like being the optimist to try and twist her arm to get to get the sign off from the missus when we were broke and um i literally started digging foundations the day after we cooked pizzas i built this like horrendously ugly brick oven in the garden um but when i lit it it like completely transformed transformed my life right like i was so infatuated by the art of like building a fire and cooking food next to fire it was like visceral it was spiritual you know when you sit around a campfire you can sort of stare yeah. into it for hours and you sort of get lost in it there was this escapism not only the ritual of cooking food was incredible but you know like looking into a fire for the evening just... well lighten it up for four hours to get it to the right temperature <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, yeah. which is what you do yeah that, I know, because you've got to get to 400 degrees or whatever it is totally and that takes a blood long time yeah with the big brick ovens and that was one of the things that we solved in the brand like how can we make it easier faster more convenient but there was this process of like lighting the fire cooking food next to it and seeing a pizza cook in 60 seconds like it fucking blew my mind man and and, and cooked on the bottom yeah cooked on the bottom top, top like this crispy like the best pizza you've ever eaten right and it was like the first time we truly made it at home like we made basic dough and it was just like this like this culinary life-changing experience but also so much more than that like a spiritual journey that took place when I cooked with the oven, right? But then something even more magical happened to my social environment. It was like my friends that were coming over with beers, they got introduced to the oven for the first time. And this like, this sort of... Hypnotic. It, it felt like intervention, right? Yeah. Like without me even saying anything, like my friends stopped bringing beers and started bringing toppings. Yeah, yeah. And it, it becomes was, hypnotic. Everybody it, wants to get involved. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. It was, And it just changed my life. And going from this like highly vulnerable place of trying to understand like how I socialise to like everybody being infatuated by the oven and infatuated <laughs> to have a go and open a pizza and top their pizzas. And booze was gone, man. It wasn't even thought about. Everyone's phones were put down truly socialized and connected with my friends in this new way and it just it fucking delivered a new life for me man and healthy it was, it was healthy and it was like it just delivered like i found purpose not only in the cooking but in sharing this new fucking this, i found a new world man that i didn't know existed and, and cooking is about sharing it is sort of hypnotic it's totally like, i got an, another pizza which i do light up an old school one like yeah. a, 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 my famous greek that we call them four and uh 
I have it down there and, I, like, I'll spend hours down there with it. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, next thing I know, I've been down there for three hours. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And all smoked out. wood on and, like, smelling the smoke. But the problem is I'm all smoked out, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and, yeah. and if the wind changes, the smoke goes everywhere. And which is why I bought your oven because whilst I love all that stuff, it takes too long yeah. to, to prepare it. It's a lot of fucking wood. The smoke... If the wind's going the wrong way, it's smoke will ends up in the house or in me. Yeah. Um, and you've got to continually keep topping it up. You've got to keep it. You've got to check the temperature and all that sort of totally. shit. I want to go to the break. I want to come back. I want to talk to you about the engineering. Yeah. How the hell did you engineer this thing? Because it's metal and some other material between the metal. So I want to talk about the industrial design. Yeah. I want to talk about the mechanical design, particularly the industrial design. I want to know how you put all that shit together. But let's go to the break and we'll come straight back. Okay, great. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So from an industrial design point of view, as opposed to the functionality, how did you go about designing Yes, yeah, so it was really, like, really fascinating. The first business that I built in the UK was like the bigger stone traditional ovens, right, for home use. And they were essentially these big concrete igloos, right? Yeah. And they're, they're like heavy. They're 150 kilograms, you know, a few hundred pounds to install. And, and, and so they're not accessible. You need to build a base in the garden for them and all the stuff that we've talked about, right? And so that was like the first business that we built. And... As I was sort of developing and honing my skills as an entrepreneur and understanding what my vision was for the brand and growing the business, just quickly realized there was no scalability to these products, even though they were more accessible than the other brick ovens that were available on the market. There just had to be a more accessible way of sharing the art of wood-fired cooking with more consumers, right? It was like we had to build something that could go in a box that we could ship for £10 across Europe or wherever, um, and it had to work and function like a like a truly authentic stone oven, and that was the that was the sort of brief or the the moment that I was like, this is the problem that we need to solve here. We need to bring this to more people, and we need to do it in a really meaningful way where we have thoughtful design from the engineering to the aesthetics to the equality, 
and we can deliver this experience to people all over the world. Accessibility. Yeah, accessibility. And access- a price too. Yeah, accessibility, convenience, and the experience, yeah. right? Yeah, having the same experience of a brick oven and making it easy for people to make brilliant food, yeah. you know, and like share that moment of cooking with a live flame at 450 degrees, but doing it without all the faff that we've talked about, yeah. you know, lighting an oven for four hours and smoking your eyes and all of that stuff. And it was making it more accessible to people that don't have a permanent outdoor space. They've got a balcony or they've got a terrace or something like that. That's where I keep mine on the balcony. Yeah, which is great. And so that was the sort of like, that that was the moment that we, that we sort of discovered that there was a problem to solve and we had to like make something that was essentially convenient for people to purchase. And then, you know, there was a few different things. When, when we were building a new category, like portable stone ovens or wood-fired ovens didn't exist when we started designing Rockbox. There was no market. And now it's hundreds of brands doing them, right? But, you know, I feel really privileged to be the person that sort of invented the first ever stone oven, portable stone oven, to be truly in a global market. Stone in that, you're talking about the inside thing you put the pizza on. Yeah, exactly. So yep. it's, they're stone floored. They have yep. a stone floor, which is part of the way that they cook so effectively. But it's not It's not all stone. No, it's not all stone. Right. Because like part of the engineering of the product and part of the challenge is with a stone oven, they work on thermal mass, right? So they are generally brick ovens are built where they have like the domes of them are stone, the floors are stone. Yep. They absorb the heat from the fire. They like retain that heat and they re-radiate it to cook in the way that they cook. It's very difficult from an engineering perspective to make something lightweight and cook in the same way as a stone oven. Yep. So it took us three years to develop Rockbox and we'd built the Stone Bake Oven Company in the UK as the first business. And then we'd had this we had this education through, I launched a professional oven business. We I also saw a, an opportunity to develop an oven that was easier to install for restaurants. The only ovens that were available in the UK market back in sort of 2010, 2012, you could buy from Italy. They were giant. They were built in one piece. They were hand-built in factories in Italy. You had to take your shop front down, use a crane to put them in. You couldn't get them through any difficult access areas. And so we developed and launched in 2013 a, a patented modular fast in, installation assembly system for professional big ovens and started selling to like the best artisanal Neapolitan pizza chains. And so I had this like firsthand experience in like truly learning, working with some of the world's best pizza chefs, what makes a pizza oven work like super effectively for the best, some of the best restaurants in the world. And so we went on this like engineering education through product design and, and, and building for highly demanding restaurants restaurants where the oven has to perform so effectively and cook pizza highly consistently time after time so they have continuity of product for their customers. And so it was basically like that journey of engineering in designing those professional ovens to be highly efficient that we took all of that knowledge and we basically scaled it down into a product. We understood the engineering. A domestic product. A domestic product that was, that was, you know, less than 25 kilograms that you could take out of a box or you could ship to someone. And so it took us sort of two and a half years to to fundamentally engineer a flame that rolled over the body of the unit. We built a baffle plate that dispersed the flame to drive the flame into the floor of the unit. And then we worked using different varied different insulation we ended up using essentially like a space grade insulation that goes in between um the metal jacket that has silicon on the outside of it to retain the heat to make the flame all the heat from the flame re-radiate and stay inside the oven so with rockbox it's a tiny product it gets to 450 degrees on the inside but you know, less than an inch and a half away on the outside of the product, you can put your hand on it when it's yeah, it's not used. that hot. Yeah, so it's it's re- fundamentally it's engineered, 
it's it's like a little spaceship, man. It's engineered like a little spaceship. And it's like a pretty cool pizza. shape, though. So uh, yeah. uh, the the industrial engineering. So who came up with the shape of it? Because it's it's a very cool shape. It, it's sort of an interesting shape. It's not square. It's not doesn't look heavy. It looks nearly feminine um, in in the way it looks. Yeah, and that's really interesting that you picked that up, Mark, because it it had to be right. We're introducing what's a relatively intimidating means of cooking to the majority of people, like cooking at four hundred and fifty degrees, very hot, with a live fire in a product. People are just you know that's a new thing for people to understand. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck, yeah. man? And so the the element of it, right? Like the reason it's everything around the industrial design is is painstakingly considered but you know it's got a curved bum on the back of it that makes it feel friendly it's got silicon that makes it tactile and it comes in friendly and approachable colors to make it essentially feel like a little member of the family it yeah, feels yeah. unintimidating it feels approachable it feels like a friendly it's actually got a place in my home like it's, it's yeah. i mean it lives in a place in my home like uh and i and uh everybody who comes to my house knows it and it sits on these three legs, which I would have thought would never hold it up, but they do. They're very effective. Yeah, the, you can stand on it, man. The three legs. Yeah. You, could, you could you can extend the legs, you can open it up, and you can stand on the top of the unit and it will take your weight. You know, it's built like a little tank. And it comes with a paddle or whatever you call those things. Yeah, like a, a pizza peel. So pizza, what do you call it? A pizza peel. In England, we call them peel. We call them paddles. Peels. Whatever it is. You put your, yeah. yeah, so you basically you feed the pizza on the thing into the pizza oven. Yeah. And you can be like, you look like a pizza chef because you, you, yeah. you're pulling it out and checking it and fucking around with it and put it back in there. <laughs> and, uh, and and, and I, I need to ask you too, by the way, um, I never read the instructions, but when you I, when you got it to 450 or you get it to the, the temperature, say 400, I like about 400, um, are you supposed to, on the floor of the pizza oven, of the rock box, which is the um, stone piece, yeah. are you supposed to throw a pizza flour in there to see if it cooks or does something? Or you- Do you know what? That's a really interesting way of like gauging whether the stone's up to temperature. You can throw like a little bit of flour on the floor and if it discolours and goes black in three seconds, you're at pizza cooking temperature. So it's the right temperature. Yeah, so it's right. the right temperature. There is a there's a thermometer that sits under the stone floor yeah. on the side of Rockbox yeah. that you can look at. And when that goes into like high orange or red zone on the thermometer, that's at like pizza cooking temperature as well. It's yeah, time. Yeah. So I don't have to throw anything in there. I don't make the um, base myself. I go and buy these things from a particular shop but uh, yeah. some great guys cook this stuff and they, they're they like um, pita bread but it's not really pita bread it's meant for pizzas as well yeah. pizza base because I can't be fucked doing all that other stuff <laughs> so uh, and I just put the toppings on but sometimes it can stick and I found if I put because if it's wet, if, if my yeah. pizza base is wet, it can stick. Then the cheese gets in you and then you're fucked up. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, what I do is I put this flour on there because it stops it from sticking. I put a bit of yeah. flour on the bottom of the, the thing and, it, and uh, it's a little trick I've developed because, I mean, I'm into it. Dude, I am right into this thing right Mate, now. You, I, you, can, you know you're doing all the right things. Uh, right? And I put a little bit of – so I have a, have a wood uh, – so cutting board and I put yeah. a bit of flour on the bottom of that. I put my base on top of that and just get a little bit of this flour on the bottom of the pizza base. I put it in the oven and it comes out fucking perfect every time. It takes about – what I do is I put it in, I, I turn around, pull it out, turn around three times yeah. to, to make sure I get all the sides cooked and everything like that. Then I put it on the thing and because you can cook one at a time yeah. and then I put, the say, the second one in and then I do the same with that. And when I pull the second one out, I put the first one back in for about a minute, or not yeah. even a minute, maybe 40 seconds. Yeah. And then I put the second one back in for a second and they're ready. They're ready. And they you are. just blast some heat into them and then you can eat together. Fucking awesome. Yeah, amazing, I mean, man. Should I turn it down to the lower level or should I leave do, it? Do you know what? It depends what you want to do. If you, like, I generally keep it at high flame and sometimes, like, just before the pizza goes in, I'll then turn the flame down and you can, you can end up spending, like, 
two and a half to three and a half minutes cooking it and you'll get like a perfectly crispy base. So you can do Neapolitan, which is like a, a faster risen dough, which is like 60 to 90 seconds, where you get the big puffy crusts and you get like good charring on the bottom, but it's not crispy, right? Yeah. And then if you turn the flame down and you leave it in there for longer, you'll get this crispy, almost like a New York style crispiness to it. But I like, I like a like, sort of hybrid of Neapolitan and crispy. So I keep the high flame on chuck it in the oven the intense air heat in there will make all the crust rise so it looks like a neapolitan pizza yep. and then you crank the flame down and leave it in there for two and a half cooked minutes ingredients so you get like a up. sort of like crispy neapolitan as yeah, magic. well i'm gonna tell you like, i fucking love it man i'm getting hungry talking about it <laughs> um and and in terms of other types of things apart from pizza like as i said earlier i, I cook fish and steak and i just put it in the pan and just cook it look it's cooked yeah. so fucking good yeah um yeah, is it designed to cook other vegetables as well? Do you know what, man? It's like 450 degrees of heat. So it like, it scorches things and cooks things through really quickly. It cooks things through, so I don't know, like 30, 40% faster than like the highest heat of your oven at home. So you can char veg. If you like chuck oil over veg, you can char it and it'll be like perfectly cooked and nicely charred. So as we were saying earlier, amazing for fish. You can stick fish in it. You can get crispy skin, but it's still moist inside. Yeah, yeah. It's like just cooked. So it's like moist, but crispy. It's like a magical way of cooking loads of different things. For Steak, fish, veg. So now that. tell me about the new thing because I mean, I actually went and bought one of these, uh, the the dome. Is it yeah. like, what, what, what is this? What's Tell me about it. So the dome is 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 like the sort of my perfect expression of a of a of a scaled down professional oven that you would get in a pizzeria, right? So it's it Can you look, describe what it looks like now. Yeah, so it's it's sort of it, the design of it. It looks like a, a professional Neapolitan oven. So generally, with the big restaurant ovens that you get, you'll have these big cast iron fronts on the front of them. They're these big tiled domes, generally big black or cream tiled domes that you get in in larger wood fired restaurants. And we've sort of taken. We've taken this like ancient heritage of a Neapolitan oven and we fused it with like a sort of like modern um, sort of tech sort of design approach. So we've, I love this like perfect dichotomy when we design of like, of, of, of merging like ancient and new. It feels really disruptive to me. So I love innovating and I love like the clean aspect of like the way Apple designed, for example, but paying like homage and, and like heritage to like the ancient design of a pizza oven. So it looks like a, a scaled down Neapolitan oven, but it's almost like made by Apple is the sort of feel. Because it's yeah. funny you should say that. When I look at your ovens yeah. there is a bit of that design in there if you know like i took a lot of inspiration from that and it's it's, it's such an interesting parallel the sort of multicolored old school max feels like the rock box right yeah we're talking the, about a proper old school mac yeah old school mac not it's, like sort of big, it's not a slim line yeah, yeah. it's like got the big bum on the back of yeah. it it's curved it's colorful well, like so you orange. take it from there well no the inspiration is, de is derived from everywhere in the way that i design yeah. right but like that sort of what jobs did so so well is he made Apple fun, friendly, and accessible, and made computers like easy for people that didn't understand computers, right? And made less them scary. Fun. Yeah, less scary. And that's what we did with Rockbox. That was the original thing with Rockbox. And now, as you can see from going on, if you look at like the Gosney range of products online, Rockbox is fun, friendly, and approachable. And we've like opened the world's eyes to the fact that they can cook with a wood fired oven easily. Doesn't need to be intimidating, hard, or difficult to do. Um, and now we're sort of we're venturing on a journey similar to what Apple have done, right? Of making the products more stealth, more tech. They're like regarded in the industry for being 
you know, the best in the eye of the beholder, right? Like from a creative perspective. And that's the sort of journey that we're going on at Gosney. Like the products now, we've got this fusion of like accessibility, convenience and ease of use merged with like the professional aspect of the way that we engineer. And so it's this perfect marriage of like a professional grade oven so it's like incredibly engineered the quality is exceptional but it's super easy to use fun and friendly for the consumer it's pretty fucking cool too it yeah cool yeah it's fucking cool right it's yeah. like this this is it's built with contradictions right it's like sort of tech and nature merged together you know we've got the little like in the dome we've got like a little wood rack in the front of it it sits on a docking system that has all the accessory ports in it and then you've got this clean but beautiful um sort of neapolitan design orientation for the actual body of the oven it feels like an ancient oven and apple had a baby and it was gosney that's the sort of design you know, I, I get i definitely get the apple piece I, I really do and uh and i like the tech it's actually like you know like what i think what's clever about it in terms of because i'm a bit of an industrial design for, for all, all sorts of things i'm um, not just the technology but the, the industrial design in other words what makes something beautiful yeah um and or or quirky yeah. or, or acceptable and it it looks like a piece of furniture for example like i like to uh collect and buy you know when i'm in the mood for it different types of light light fittings either in the ceiling or you know like a lamp etc like the cool stuff and uh what you've designed is like a bit of furniture yeah i mean is that would that be fair to say 100 percent. you know like when we when we're designing the dome right it's you know, it, what the interesting thing is, like the way the global market works, you know, if you look at consumers and how consumers buy barbecues, for example, it's generally a male-orientated purchasing decision. Yeah. Probably get sign-off from 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 the missus. And, but it's generally, if you look at any business, it's all, always skewed towards males that do the cooking and they buy the buy the product. We wanted to change that when we designed the dome. We wanted to make it something that um, was appreciated from from both sides. So that's an innovation. That that's a real innovation. Yeah, 100%. And and you know, we look at it now and we look at you know, you look at existing data from other barbecue businesses and it's sort of like 85% skewed to male. We you know, we're 55% skewed to male, 45% skewed to women. And it was it was that it was that it was like a very thoughtful consideration to make a product that doesn't look like a male orientated gadget. It's beautiful. It elevates the garden. It feels like it's got architectural prominence in the garden yeah, totally. and it elevates you know and that's and you know that's why we've done interesting things when we've used the use of color you know we've got this beautiful iconic cream color for the dome which feels like friendly and accessible and can sit in any garden you know so it's generally appreciated on both sides but then we've got these sort of more daring colors like sort of a camo army green that really feels very different for an outdoor cooking product that like you know potential people look at it and be like fuck that's so fucking i can't cool, remember man. what color i bought fuck you'll you'll have like if, if you're old school rock box you'll have like a line no, my rock box is I, I got i think i got i got a green one yeah, one yeah. green, Lime and I've got green. a grey one. Yeah, and we've taken the but green. I bought down the other one. I bought the yeah, other. I bought the you, dome. I don't know what it is yet. It's probably a cream version, which is like an iconic color. Like with a lot of very iconic Neapolitan ovens sitting in restaurants, they are cream. They're rendered like this. Have stucco finish. Do you call it stucco here or render? Yeah, 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 stucco. yeah stucco. Yeah, yeah, we don't call it or render. Same deal. Yeah, yeah, same deal. So they have like a cream stucco, but um, and so we wanted to pay homage to that like original color that they have in Naples. So we've like our core product is cream, but then we have these variations. We just did a a, a completely murdered out black rock box. You know, everything black on it just looks really stealth. But yeah, and then we, but the reason is like we've got the, 
we've got the sort of like camo green, which like generally sits in a lot of press and media, which is like, fuck, what is that? It's cool. I want it. And you sort of like want it before you even know what the fuck it does. Right. And that was, that was what I was trying to hit when we designed the product to just be like, to resonate with people in that effect. And then truly when they're in the purchasing funnel and purchasing consideration and, and, you know, pitching it to their wives at home or whatever it's like this thing is actually just beautiful and this could elevate our garden we you know generally we skew to selling more cream because it's like truly fits in with any decor that goes in the garden right it doesn't need needs necessarily like fit in with a color scheme or whatever it's like very complimentary and so that was like a very conscious decision to make it a fucking cool and then be really beautiful i want to circle right back to tom gosney the 20 year old coming out back from south africa trying to work out how the fuck he's going to uh, tune his life up and then Tom Gosney today did you ever think that you were going to end up where you ended up fuck today man. do you know what man like when I when I knew I knew when I was using and I was like in the de- depths of my addiction that I had potential I had more potential than being a fucking drug addict right and like when I came out, I literally started the brand and the business because I needed purpose I didn't want to work for anyone else I was like self-starter driven motivated but I didn't know what I was fucking good at. I didn't know that I was a designer. I didn't know I was an engineer. I essentially like conceptualize and design all of our products. That's my strength within the organization. Brand and product is what I love and my passion. Um, you know, I started the business with a, with a simple idea that I wanted to earn £8,000 a month. That was like my fucking lifetime goal to have a decent mortgage, be able to go and shop in a supermarket and not be restricted, be able to eat, feed my family, whatever. So you weren't sort of saying I want a $100 million business. You didn't start off that way. No, it didn't start off that way, man. And it's, you know, like we, I, I set a goal of, 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 getting to a certain it wasn't even a a, a a financial sort of size or or like end goal in the beginning it was like want to build a business it would just be fucking cool to build a business sell a product and then it just escalated i understood i started to learn that through building a startup and doing everything like grassroots like learning how to market learning how to build brand learning how to communicate with customers customer acquisition all of that stuff i learned what i was good at and what i was passionate about and business was just so exhilarating to me the idea that i could build a product i could build a brand and a website and it's like going fishing it was like game fishing to me man i loved fishing and when i started business i stopped fishing it was like it filled that hole for me i haven't stopped completely but it was like this this like anticipation for the catch like this the strategy of like what the tackle, what grounds you fish in, you know, like what your bait is, all that stuff. It was like very strategic, right? It was like fishing. And so it just, it fascinated me. And so, you know, we, we had targets to hit and I was like, this is the forever goal. And we just like surpassed it quickly. And then it was like, right, we want to get to a hundred million sterling valuation. And that was like my forever goal past it. And it was like, fucking hell, that's insane, man. And I I never wanted, I, I don't really want, to necessarily get to the end goal. I love the journey, man. I love I love fishing. <laughs> I'm like, and this is what you do too. Yeah, it is what, you know, and I and now we're sort of like we've got to a certain size of business. I you know, my head is like running with ideas for product ideation and so like now I can just add innovation into the business and the platform that we've got and we've got a global market and a global brand now to be able to go and build the business into something much more meaningful. So I don't know where the end goal is for me, man. Like um the idea of building something that truly sort of demonstrates my potential as an, as an entrepreneur and as a visionary and as a product guy, I think, you know, being able to build a legacy of designing beautiful products that go into homes all over the world is just the most fundamentally exciting part of my journey. And being able to, like, 
share that sort of sense of community and like what you love about our products, like sharing that with more people and bringing that happiness into the lives of families all over the world is fucking mind blowing to me. It's insane, you know? And so that's what like gets me out of bed in the morning, that product design, and then just the sheer like, is it going to be a 700 pound Marlin? You know, like that, what the fuck is the next big catch, you know? And like building that business and, you know, building it into it's always exceeded my expectations of how quickly we've grown because I haven't, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, I haven't focused on just delivering the best profits to the bottom line. I've focused on the consumer. I've focused on the vision. I've focused on the the best products that we could possibly make. And the business has just flourished because of that, man. And you have to think about all of those things to build like an economically stable business, obviously. But it was never, that was never my intention to to, you know, to build it, to exit, to become rich, to sit on a fucking boat somewhere in the middle of nowhere and be bored senseless. Well, if you do that, you probably, you might back end up back, back on the wagon. But Mate, it's got, it could end up happening. 100%, 100%, man. Like, I need to, I need that, like, stimulation. I need to get it's out of bed. It's your purpose. Yeah, it's my purpose, What the fuck you to get up for? Exactly. I'll never fucking retire, man. Yeah. I can't retire. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just like the journey has to remain you know, active. And it's just like, how big the fuck are we going to get? It's no, funny no. you should say that because uh, yes, I was at the energy of meeting one of my other businesses and, and one of the shareholders said, well, you know, you're 66 and, uh, you know, what's the succession look like? And, you know, when are you going to retire? And I said, well, I don't know. I'm not going to fucking retire. Like, why would I retire? Like, what am I going to yeah. do, play golf? Yeah. Um, it's, it's I get boring. up in the morning because I like lending money to people to buy houses because it makes me feel good. I, yeah. I, I feel good. Yeah. Because they're buying a house and yeah. they probably couldn't got a loan from a bank. And, uh, I just couldn't understand the question. I, yeah. I thought, what the fuck? Why but would you People are built differently, man. People are built like that, that sort of entrepreneurial spirit that you have to get up, help people, impact people's lives, build something significant. And like the buzz of getting up and being the person that you are is great, man. It's not always about like the fucking pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, is it? It's yeah. like, what do you do with it, man? It's only so many fucking nice holidays you can do and before it becomes meaningless. I can only cook one pizza in your rock box. <laughs> Yeah, I can't go and spend a million dollars on a pizza. Like yeah. I, I can still buy the same amount of ingredients. I can still yeah. buy one rock box. I can't cook th- three rock boxes at the same time. I can only yeah. use one at a time. So yeah. I don't need all that money. Exactly. I like you. I don't do it for money. I do it because I like doing it. Yeah. I actually like people to say, oh, look, I got a loan with you guys and I'm really happy with the house I got or I got yeah. a holiday house or I did renovations, whatever the fucking case is. And that's what drives me every day. Wish I'd have thought about this answer yesterday um, yeah. because you know, and sometimes this one asks a question, and you get put on the spot. There's a whole lot of shoulders there, and I thought, and I wake up about three o'clock this morning, thinking, "Fuck me, I should have said oh, that. <laughs> Fuck it, I, I, I'm going to get to that dude. I'm going to go and talk to him and say to him." And he actually listened to my podcast. Funny enough, he said, oh, "I love listening to your podcast, so that's cool. Hope he's listening to this, Andrew. If you're listening to this, <laughs> uh, I'm going to come and see you tell the answer, dude. Uh, I normally give everyone an opportunity to ask me a question. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to ask me a question, but if, if you've got a question for me, well, um, being an owner of our products, right? Like, what you know. We, we've entered into the Australian market. We've been here D2C. We're looking to really make the market flourish for the brand. Like, what's the best way of connecting to the Australian consumer? Uh, I, I, th- I think I got bought my um, other oven from you, the, uh, not the rock box, what the do you dome. call it? The dome. I, got, I think I bought the dome through, I, I think it came to me through Instagram. Yeah. I got a funny feeling. I got um, hit up yeah. as a profile on um, sponsored in- Instagram pages. Yeah. And uh, and I saw it, and I bought it straight up. Yeah. Now, I bought it because what I saw was a beautiful design, yeah. and I was buying technology and yeah. uh, innovation. Yeah. I, I love to support innovation, so I think there's a lot of Australians. But it's not a cheap item. In other words, it's not the same. It's not three hundred bucks or two hundred bucks. I can't yeah. remember. It was, 
Twelve hundred. I don't remember yeah. what it was. You tell me what the cost. What is the cost? It's fifteen hundred dollars US. Okay. So it's yeah, more. So I, so I but we like, have a range coming out for the domes that yeah, are bigger yeah. and smaller. But I, so. I spent that because, in terms of that marketplace, those people in Australia, um, I can speak for. Um, generally speaking, really appreciate innovation design. Yeah. So things that look good in their garden or look yeah. good on their veranda or balcony. Yeah. So the thing that got me was the the way it was designed and the way it looked. I'm also aware of how well it works. Yeah. The functionality is really important to me. Yeah. So, and I've gone through a process of a couple of years of actually working out how this thing works best for me. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've had that experience. So that's how it got to me. Um. So I think your Instagram, your social mediums are a really good place to start. I think it'd be good to have, I don't know, Neil Perry or something like that, one of these Australian chefs or somebody in Australia who everybody knows. Could be someone from overseas for that matter. But I think it needs to be a quirky dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, someone say, "Oh fuck, I didn't expect to have that person talking about how good th- this this happens." I mean, uh, I mean, uh, some of the quirkier chefs around the world, as opposed to your traditional dudes, um, would actually get my attention. And uh, and but talk about the functionality and and how innovative it is. Yeah, I, I think th- I think there are two things: functionality and innovation. Yeah, and uh, and it's furniture. Yeah, it's cool furniture. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. looks fucking cool. Well, I'm so like I feel you know. So privileged that you're a fucking fan of the brand and you own it, and it's yeah. like you know it's and great, it's great to, say, to him. I'm man. not blowing smoke up your ass because I didn't even know you were coming. Yeah, well, I, just... I like you. I like you blowing smoke up my ass, man. It's great. <laughs> How's that feel, <laughs> Tom? Really nice. Man. And by the way, what is the name? Where does the name Gosney come from? I, I thought. What Do you know is that what? It's, it's a really, it's a really funny. It's Gosney G O Z. Do you say Z or Z here? Z Z. Okay, so same as same as in England. So it's G O Z N E Y. Do you know what? G-O-S-N-E-Y is a is a Southern Yorkshire goose farmer in England. And my, my parents told me that they think someone made a spelling mistake on a birth certificate, but Z in a few hundred years ago. Because I thought it might have been like uh, Hungarian or it something. Feels, it feels like it's it's got like, you know, it's just fucking cool. So it's got a Z in it, right? Fuck so yeah. I just thought like, yeah, let's fucking roll with that. And But it's like, it's not remotely cool, the story. I think I'm like a, a Southern Yorkshire goose farmer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Mentor. Audio and production is by Jess Morley. And production assistants, Jonathan Leondis. 